Well, hi again, everybody. And um, once again, I have to thank you very much for listening to my podcast on birds and birding. Now that it's summer, you know, it's it's, it's brilliant time to actually... I'm talking about here in um, South Africa, of course, when I say summer. Um, we can look forward to a lot more species of birds sort of hanging around us. And uh, it's a good time to as you go out and try and find the, the birds and um, to try and find the specific birds. It's, it's a really, really, really good time. Uh, but what I am going to do tonight, um, I'm going to talk about some of our seabirds, well, one especially. Um, because at the moment, a lot of us are spending a lot of time on our beaches. And, um, well, this, hopefully this virus uh, has changed a lot of things in our lives, but, you know, I just want to keep on task and we can just keep going looking at the birds and uh, keep chatting about the birds. So I just hope you all just stay safe out there. Um, but the, the good thing is to go to the, the beaches and um, the forests, <clears throat> be outdoors. That's at least a fairly, fairly sort of safe area to be during this time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about one of our really, really nice species here. It's the African black oyster catcher. Um, there are quite a few species in the world, but we only have two that we get here in Africa, and that's the, the one that breeds here. Is the, uh, the only breeder in South Africa is the African, in Southern Africa, is the African oyster catcher, the African black oyster catcher, and the other one's going to be the Eurasian. Eurasian. Jeez, I nearly got that wrong. Um, oyster catcher. But... Uh, this is a very sort of charismatic bird. You, you'll see him on mainland coast areas and or the islands, offshore islands of southern Africa. And I have to say it's near threatened, this uh, oyster catcher. And they've got a population of around about plus minus 6,000 adults, which is not a lot when you're thinking of birds in the whole of the southern African region. They normally breed around about November to April, but um, mostly around December to March. It's quite plump, you know, if you look at um, the, um, it's quite a plump sort of coastal shorebird. It's it's very glossy black in plumage. So if you see it, you'll see it very, very black. And it has like these salmon red legs and like a reddish eye, which is actually a red eye ring and a very red bill. Very unique bird. It's so, so beautiful to see on the beach. They normally hang around in pairs. And uh, you'll most probably find them sometimes in, you know, smaller groups as well. Uh, the juvenile, if you do see one, they're a little bit duller. And they've got like a brownish bill and uh, like a very grayish pink legs. But uh, most of the time you'll see them sort of feeding and digging on the rocky areas. But also, they, you know, they also habitat these sort of sandy beach areas. <clears throat> so obviously, um, they will be looking most of the time in the rocks. And you'll find them obviously at low tide because that's the time you're going to get most of the rocks that are sort of open to the birds to come and feed. Um, I know you'll find them around estuaries and coastal lagoons as well. But I know that they actually prefer to breed uh, on offshore islands and, and, and sandy beaches. Uh, as I said, they, they feed on vertebrates like mussels, limpets, worms, you know, that type of stuff. And... Um, Obviously, they tend to feed mostly at low tide because of that, you know, especially um, when the rocks sort of come out there with all these lovely little tasty snacks for them. It's, um, 
It's one of the, it's, it's actually, it's the largest of all the oyster catcher species in the world, of, of which we've only got two, or we can only see two. <clears throat> um, but they're very unmistakable in flight because they're really black and they have this all dark plumage as they fly through there. The sexes are, are very similar in appearance. But again, as I've said in some of the other speeches or talks that I've said in the past, the females are a little bit larger and a little bit heavier and they've got longer bills. So um, the juveniles just sort of break that down a bit. The juveniles, as I said, they are browner. And the, these birds get to around about 40 to 45 centimeters. They normally weigh around about 650, 660 grams. And the female is obviously a lot heavier and she's around about 720 grams when uh, fully grown. But there's one point I, I want to stress out there, and this is to all the fishermen, and me being one of them, because, um, you know, I love to go out there. I don't tend to catch any fish, but, you know, trying is, is, is what I do do. <laughs> but um, the one thing we, we, we don't want to see, and that, 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 that's actually for all birds that are on the coastal areas, is um, if you've got a problem with your fishing line, please take it home, because these birds, especially these ones, they're very endangered. They get entangled in the fishing line. And uh, these oyster catchers are regarded as near-threatened breeding endemic birds. So please, 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 fishermen, if you've got a problem with your line, you break your line, try and pull the line out or cut it and take it home with you. Don't let it lie around on the beaches. I'll tell you, these, these they're really lovely birds. They can normally be seen in pairs. Most time you see in pairs or, or very small groups, and about six, sometimes, sometimes eight. And you'll see them around the beaches, and they tend to sort of gather. Um, to you know, more than just the six or eight, there's there's quite a few that actually quite roost, sort of together in the evenings. You know, obviously they don't. Um, I'm talking about in the evenings when they when they're not breeding, and they tend to sort of hang out on sandbars, uh, because you know the sandbars are, are fairly open, and you can see for miles. And they 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 tend to gather um, um, close together because they feel obviously a lot safer in groups against predation. Um, the roost areas are also quite a bit open, but they tend to be, well, actually I've just said that, I think, uh, just sort of repeating myself in a way. But uh, what, what the, the males do, they, they, they tend to establish their territory first before they sort of uh, breed, and <laughs> they go and find a spot. They normally nest around about one and a half meters apart from the other bird, but they have these popping displays they sort of given in this sort of territory defense. And they actually had their bulls sort of downward and they hunched their shoulders or they sort of, they had their wings slightly raised and they call loud. I'll play this, I'll, I'll play the sound of them just now. But uh, every year they return this to the same place, the same site to build their nest year after year after year. They are monogamous birds and they actually mate for life. And that's, that's a good thing. I'm talking about now the African black. Um, usually the, both the female and the male, they sort of scrape a little hollow um, in the rocks where they can, and then they lay the eggs. If, they, if, if there's a problem, it's too hard. And you'll see them sort of grab seashells and bits of eggs and things like that in the seaweed, and they sort of form around the sides to, to form the, uh, the nest so the eggs won't just sort of roll out. They, every year, they, even if they come to the same area, they, they'll normally scrape new, well, let's call it new scrapes. That's about the only thing I can say every year. But um, as I said, only if the, if the ground is sort of uh, tough.
Uh, I know that they've also been seen in, uh, in cliffs. So they, they do do the cliffs. What they do do sometimes, most of the times, they, they try and find a nest. When they scrap the ground, they try and do it uh, when there's a rock or something a bit high next to them. So it'll protect them from the, the high winds because most of the time, in most beach, beaches, you'll find that you know most of the heavy winds either come from northeast or southwest or something, and then they'll, they'll try and put their nest and that kind of thing, you know, just to try and keep themselves out of danger during storms and, 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 and high winds. When they do lay eggs, they tend to, as I said before, they lay them somewhere between September and April. And um, normally they lay about one to two eggs, and not more than that most of the time. And uh, when they do start hatching, they sort of, the whole clutch will actually hatch <coughs> within 48 hours. And, and the, the one interesting about uh, these, these birds, once they've, they've hatched and they've sort of got to a stage where we can call them juveniles, they will actually fly west towards Namibia, um, up, up that way to Walfers Bay and some islands up there, where they have breeding grounds. And they'll actually stay there, I'm telling you, for nearly two years, maybe three years sometimes, before they actually return back to the areas where they were actually born. So that's actually quite an um, interesting thing, because, you know, the chicks actually fledge around about a month to about a month and a week and then they sort of leave their parents territory after about two to six months and as I say they migrate to nursery areas uh, you know in the western coast but it, but, but that's 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 quite amazing they've got a very loud clip clip on oh, no you know what I'm, me rather play it for you right I think I'm going to play it for you it's going to hopefully this will come through right if you can hear it Well, there you have it. That's the sound of the um, African, um, the black, the African black oyster catcher. It's really a beautiful bird. I know that I see them quite a bit down our way um, here at Pennington, but most of the time we see them flying past, or we have seen them in the area. And um, it really is a beautiful bird to see. The um, the problem is that, uh, and this is uh, this is why I actually brought it up. The problem is that they. Peak breeding season actually coincides with sort of peak summer holiday season for humans, and they and and, and they constantly disturbed from their from their nests. And they have to leave their eggs vulnerable because um, the problem is once they leave their nests and the eggs might overheat or you know, something else might come and sort of eat them. So they they, they leave themselves open for predation. And um, the one thing I'm actually going to read this because I don't want to make a mistake here. In, in, in South Africa, we have the National Oyster Conservation Program, OCP, which is raising public awareness about the threats and disturbances to the species. And in the Plettenberg Bay, uh, that's uh, also the Nature's Valley Trust, has an ongoing long-term project which measures the effects of disturbance to the oyster catchers, uh, raise public measures and protect them, especially the awareness and the implementation of conservation. And I think that that's how important that this whole thing is about, you know, especially if you're coming down here and you want to start riding with your bikes and that on the sand dunes, you've got to be so careful. I'd rather that no one ride on the sand dunes if it, if it was up to me because we have so many different species of birds that live that sort of rely on our sand and our sand dunes to, um, you know, to breed or, you know, just to be there. So, yeah, so be very mindful of this, please. It's... Uh, 
it's a sore point with me with these birds sort of dropping their numbers at the moment. Well, the next one I'm going to speak about is also a oyster catcher. It's one of the two that we can see, but this uh, this uh, oyster catcher only comes here for a couple of months because um, <laughs> I was going to say it's quite an obvious bird I'm going to talk about, but it's only obviously um, obvious to me. Um, it's a very beautiful visiting bird, as I said now, and we only get to see them a few months of the year, mostly between maybe December and March. And, you know, that's our peak time for holidays as well, so... Um, but at least they're not breeding at that time. You know, they only came here to come and feed and 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 be together. Um, oh, the one thing I did forget to mention about the um, the black oyster catcher is that, that they only breed in south and in, in um, southern Africa. The other name for this um, Eurasian oyster catcher is it's called the common pied oyster catcher. It's another name that it has in the overseas areas. Because, you know, if you look at it, it looks very much like the black, the same shape. And um, it has this, um, it's like this, some people say plover, some say it's plover. It has this like plover appearance. About It's about the same size as well. Uh, it's also very black, but it has very white, you know, just below the sort of neck area. It's got this big white coming down the belly right down to its um, tail. It's, it's, it's very, very, um, very, very white. So, you know, they, they get this pied sort of look about them. Uh, they can normally seen in pairs, but uh, as I said, they, they're not very common, so sort of keep a lookout for these because they're really, really special birds to look for. They actually breed in, up in, you know, in the Europe areas like Western Europe and, <clears throat> excuse me, Central Eurasia, China, and then they move down south during our summer periods. Um, they usually breed on the coast, in the coastal area, and uh, the one thing that the that the um, scientists have noticed is that in the last 50 years there's been a movement of these Eurasian oystercasters actually to 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 move inland to inland areas. Uh, they also nest on bear. They sort of scrape a little uh, nest of on like pebbles and gravel, and also only lay two to three eggs every season. And um, but uh, both, of the, both of them can live quite old. They lived around about 40 years old. So, you know, this, that's one thing. It's long, longevity in these things is, is fairly good. Uh, the one fun fact about the Eurasian oyster catcher is this. All the species of oyster catchers in the world will uh, mate for life and they breed in pairs. But the Eurasian oyster catcher appears to be exception as we've had reports of these birds cheating on their partners. <laughs> well, there's the thing. We, we don't actually get the, a lot of them around. So what I'll do is I'll just play a sound that's very similar to the sound of the, um, of the other one. I'll just have play a quick sound of the Eurasian oyster catcher. Okay, here we go. This is going to be the sound. Here we go. And there's the sound. Sorry, the one thing I, I didn't mention was they've got this white sort of belly that comes down, as I said, from the neck right down to the belly. But they've got this like little white collar just around the front. It's like a little bib, small one, just above that. So you've got the black from the eye, from the head 
coming down. You've got this little collar just in the front. You've got black again, and then you've got white below that over the chest and over the um, down through the belly you know, to the tail of these Eurasians. And um, I was quite stoked a few years back. They hadn't seen them around here, and I saw a pair. Oh, I, didn't, I thought I was actually <laughs> I thought I was dreaming. It was such a wonderful sighting. So I'm just waiting to see them again so I can get some more pictures of them. But uh, anyway, folks, that's all I have for you for this year. Until next year, I'll just um, hopefully that uh, you all been good during the course of the year. Because as you know, if you ain't been good, you ain't seen Father Christmas this year. So he's due to visit soon. So all I can say to you all, have a merry, merry Christmas. And uh, have a happy, happy new year. And let's all hope it's going to be a very, very safe new year. For all of us, so Big Al or Alan, so other people know me, happy birding and cheers.